Taiwan reported 13 deaths from COVID on Thursday, the most in a day since the pandemic began. Nine of the 13 had a history of chronic illness. One case was a woman in her 40s who died inside a quarantine hotel. Let's hear from the Central Epidemic Command Center. The circumstances of one of today's deaths are quite unusual. She wasn't especially old, yet she passed away quite suddenly. Of course, we need clearer information on this case. Currently, we only have preliminary epidemic investigation data. We do not yet have sufficient information, so it's harder to determine the underlying circumstances of her death. I hope that no matter where a patient has been situated and no matter the patient's age, we can avoid more incidents like this in the future. Yesterday, at a meeting with specialists, there were discussions about creating a set of indicators that can be used by agencies in charge of quarantine centers and by patients waiting at home for a bed. Through these indicators, we hope to allow quarantine centers to detect problems sooner and to provide the necessary medical assistance. That way, if the patient needs to be transferred elsewhere, they can be transferred sooner to prevent this kind of situation. On Thursday, the CECC reported 401 local infections. It also retroactively added 266 COVID cases to previous day's tallies. The central government has loosened the criteria for releasing COVID patients from isolation. The decision comes as hospitals in Greater Taipei face a mounting demand for isolation rooms dedicated to COVID patients. Effective immediately, mild and asymptomatic cases can now end isolation without testing COVID negative if their fever has broken for at least a day and at least 10 days have passed since symptom onset or testing. In Greater Taipei, hospitals are buckling under the pressure of an influx of COVID cases. According to the current regulations, cases can end their isolation 10 days after the date of symptom inset or testing if they have a CT value of 30 or above. After that, they need to complete seven days of self-health management. But amid the soaring demand for hospital beds, the CECC has adjusted the rules. We've taken our newly revised standards for discontinuing isolation and communicated them clearly to the health units of local governments. We've also informed them that they will proceed using the new standards immediately. According to the revised rules, mild or asymptomatic patients can be released 10 days after symptom onset or the date of testing without being tested for their CT value if their fever has gone down for at least one day. After being released from isolation, they must quarantine at home for seven days. In addition, the CEC has asked cities and counties outside of Greater Taipei to reserve beds and isolation rooms for use by COVID patients from the north. Experts warn that transferring patients from north to south could raise the risk of COVID spread in hospitals. Every city and county and every local medical network will have the full cooperation of all the others. During our national epidemic prevention meeting, all cities and counties involved agreed that the pandemic is a national issue that everyone must tackle together. No one is an outside party to this situation. Recently, the CECC sent text messages to Wanhua residents via cell broadcast and investigated the movements of 600,000 mobile unit users to identify people at high risk of COVID infection. These individuals were then labeled as high risk on their file in the national health care system. On Thursday, the CECC responded to criticism over its actions. 
We believe that tagging the medical files of individuals with a high-risk travel history was in line with a pre-existing policy of tagging people returning from overseas. The main purpose was to give more information to medical institutions and doctors, so that when they are treating the patient, they can make better judgments. The CECC said that tagging high-risk individuals in their health insurance file was instrumental to COVID detection, saying that drastic times called for drastic measures. More COVID vaccines are on the way. According to the Central Epidemic Command Center, 150,000 doses of the Moderna vaccine are scheduled to arrive at the Taoyuan Airport on Friday afternoon. In the meantime, hospitals nationwide will start administering a new batch of AstraZeneca vaccines that's just completed inspection. Some 150,000 doses have already been distributed nationwide. About 25% of that has gone to hospitals in Greater Taipei, the epicenter of the COVID outbreak. 15% has gone to Kaohsiung. We turn to the CECC. To hospitals outside of Greater Taipei, we allocated enough to cover 60% of the priority one people not yet vaccinated. For hospitals in Greater Taipei, we allocated enough to cover 60% of unvaccinated individuals in the first, second and third priority groups. That's how we got the numbers. In New Taipei, we need vaccines for our 32,000 healthcare workers. We only received 18,000 doses in the latest shipment. That's 14,000 doses short. So we are hoping that during this entire vaccine allocation process, if there are any extra vaccines, we ask for priority to be given to Greater Taipei, because we are the front line of the war zone. The CECC says that another 260,000 doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine will be distributed in the weeks to come. Allocation will be based on the administration rate of each city and county, as well as the trajectory of the ap epidemic. The Tourism Bureau said Thursday that travel agencies may not sell group tours that take people overseas for vaccination. The statement comes amid reports of a travel agency organizing a luxury vaccine tour to the US priced at 420,000 NT and up. All group tours have been banned since March 19, 2020, and violators face a fine and the loss of their license. Feast your eyes on the imposing Grand Canyon or experience the magic of a Disney park. For most Taiwanese, these are things they'll have to wait to cross off the bucket list thanks to travel restrictions. But the pandemic has given rise to a new form of American vacation, a vaccine tour. Usually, the way Taiwan travel agencies operate is by purchasing itineraries locally in the U.S. Because you still have to arrange local drivers, tour guides and design an itinerary. So usually they look for people familiar with the area, such as people who migrated there and who can speak the local language. According to local news reports, a domestic travel agency operated by a Taiwanese expat is offering a luxury U.S. tour during which travelers can get fully vaccinated. Departure is set for July 23rd with the first vaccine dose scheduled for the next day. The second dose is scheduled for August 18th, followed by a PCR test before returning to Taiwan. Travelers would then spend two weeks in quarantine before being released on September 9th. This one-month itinerary starts at 420,000 NT. It includes trips to Walt Disney World, Universal Studios, a shopping trip to Beverly Hills, and a helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon, among other activities. Lavish accommodation is all taken care of, too, with stays at Four Seasons, Peninsula, 
W hotels and a resort escapade at a Marriott hotel. I heard that several travel agencies in the U.S. have started designing these kinds of tours. From what I've heard, one of the tours already has takers. It's possible that some people have signed up as individual travelers and plan to gather with a group at the destination to get around regulations. The travel writer points out that tour groups are currently banned by the Tourism Bureau. To get around the restriction, travel agencies are believed to be sending their customers out as individual travelers and having them gather at the destination without regard to the infection risk on planes. The Tourism Bureau says that travel agencies may not organize activities involving medical procedures and that violators will be investigated and penalized. With vaccines still scarce in Taiwan, tour operators are resorting to illegal means to make a buck. Former Vice President Tsang Jianren weighed in on Taiwan's vaccine shortage in a new interview with CNN. Chen blamed Beijing's interference for Taiwan's setbacks in vaccine procurement. Commenting on Taiwan's rejection of Chinese vaccines, he said that politics was not a factor in Taiwan's procurement strategy, that Taiwan was open to any vaccine as long as it proved effective and safe. Taiwan's surge in local COVID cases has been noticed by the world, including U.S. news outlet CNN. In Taiwan, it's a race between the virus vaccinations. 11 COVID deaths were reported Wednesday, to be sure it's a very small number, relatively speaking, but in Taiwan, that's a new daily record. CNN states that with 255 consecutive days with zero local cases, Taiwan was once the poster child for pandemic success. To get a better understanding of how its defenses fell, CNN sent a correspondent to Taiwan. Speaking from quarantine, CNN reporter Will Ripley asked former Vice President Chen how Taiwan will get out of this one. I do have the confidence once uh, we receive adequate vaccine and the people in Taiwan, they will come out to get immunization. According to the former VP, widespread vaccination is the only way to end the outbreak. Ripley says vaccines are in desperately short supply in Taiwan and that inoculation rates are dismal, with only about 1% of the population having received the first dose. He says Taiwan's government blames the vaccine shortage on Beijing. Do you believe that Beijing has slowed down the arrival of vaccines here? Sometimes we got this uh, obstacles. Taiwan law doesn't allow for Chinese pharmaceuticals to be used on humans. That's something that's been in place for decades. Ripley says Taiwan blames its exclusion from the WHO on China and has rejected Beijing's offer to send China-made vaccines, instead turning to the U.S. for help. In response, China has accused Taiwan of political manipulation. Politics is never a consideration for us to import uh, any vaccine into Taiwan. The only thing we're really concerned is the safety and efficacy. The former vice president says there's evidence that Chinese vaccines are not as effective as Moderna and AstraZeneca, which have both been approved for use in Taiwan. He also denies that political considerations are at play in Taiwan's vaccine strategy. The CNN report says that domestically made vaccines are expected to launch in late July. As the virus spreads, many police officers have now caught COVID. In Taipei, Neihu Precinct's hygiene protocols mean it is leading the way in protecting police from unnecessary risks. Officers ask citizens to report crimes through a zero-contact video link. They've also received a donation of disinfection archways to cut risks at the entrance to the precinct. 
Entering the police station, you bathe in a shower of disinfectant. This microbe sterilizing archway is the latest hygiene precaution at Nehu Precinct in Taipei. 灭菌门的想法最初是来自于安检门，那把它换算成我们现在的灭菌门就。We first got the idea from the disinfection archway from the airport security archways and adapted that into our sterilization archway. When our colleagues come back from being in service, there will be some microbes on their clothes and uniforms. Even when members of the public come to the precinct to report crimes, there are microbes on them. So, firstly, the sterilization immediately kills the microbes on our colleagues and citizens. The arch is automatic. Nine of the district's local precincts will soon have one. I donated these ultrasound disinfectant arches so people can be more safe as they enter and exit. And Nehu is also the first precinct to let citizens report crimes via video call. Just press a button and complete your report from outside. This consultation booth in a tent has been set up temporarily. Via video link, you can talk to the precinct's officers, and your testimony will all be recorded. It's a zero-contact reporting system that reduces infection risk. We use a two-way video call to interview the citizen, and we take notes. Citizens have found it works, and our colleagues all support and approve the system. The best hygiene precaution at the moment is to not meet citizens face to face. We can only protect the public if we are protecting our colleagues. Nehu Precinct stresses that these measures are primarily designed to protect rank-and-file police officers. They hope it will allow the force to do its work safely and effectively, with or without a pandemic. The cabinet has drawn up a spending plan for a COVID relief budget that's pending a vote in the legislature. If the budget is approved, the executive yuan will offer a subsidy of up to 30,000 NT to self-employed workers such as taxi drivers, fishermen, and stand vendors. Workers in the service and tourism industries would be eligible for a subsidy of 20,000 NT a month for up to two months. The legislative yuan is scheduled to vote on the COVID budget on May 31st. If the bill is passed, subsidies could go out as soon as June 4th. The temporary closure of schools has meant an immense upheaval for children, parents, and teachers. For some educators, online teaching is a sad substitute for the joy of a bustling classroom. Meanwhile, for kids and their parents, being cooped up at home is a challenge too. Many children have buckets of energy. Their families are not used to managing all day. Parents are sharing online the methods they found to try and restore peace and quiet. Let's take a look. A teacher talks to his students over the internet before making sure to step down from the podium and wander the room, encouraging them each personally. He's printed out the students' headshots and placed them on their seats. Junior high science teacher Wang Diyuan says it makes the class feel less empty and helps him remember the feeling of having students in class. He got the idea from a May Day concert. At a May Day concert, the fans couldn't attend in person because of the pandemic, so they held the concert as normal anyway. But they put fluorescent light sticks on each seat to pretend there was someone there, and then they did the concert very sincerely. So, how did the students feel looking at their own photos sitting on their old seat? I feel like our teacher must be very lonely teaching in the classroom, but actually he's not because we're all there with him. 
It's a bit odd. I can sense the enthusiasm, but it also feels kind of empty. But while teachers are trying to encourage themselves with memories of the kids, parents managing home study need a rather opposite kind of soothing. A boy stands by the wall, his little brother by the closet. The parents posted this photo of the boys in a timeout to Facebook group Baofei Gongshe with the caption, We made a timeout station. Lots of other parents chimed in with thousands of similar photos. The home timeout station come in all shapes and sizes, it turns out. In one photo, five children are all facing the wall. In another, three preschool children rest their foreheads on it. There's a photo of what led to the timeout as well. The house in a mess and lots to clean up. For these parents, the day can't come soon enough when they can send kids back to school and get some peace and quiet at home. As the lockdown continues, home exercise is booming. Stuck at home all day, many people are using their time to develop home fitness routines. That means an explosion in the home fitness industry, including online sports classes. Whether it's dance, weightlifting or yoga that floats your boat, there's someone online who would love to help. A dance teacher demonstrates the moves to an empty classroom. All her students are here, on screen. Spread out over nine windows on a big screen, the students follow along to the teacher's instructions. Everyone's at home right now, and lots of sports teachers are offering classes online, dance, fitness, even yoga. We're holding a series of online classes right now, including our most popular class, Dance for Kids. We think it's probably because kids are all learning from home right now, and parents want to organize more activities where they can let out their energy, so they choose kids' dance. Our aerobic fitness for adults is also very popular. There are lots of classes to choose from. This business owner said you can get a private class for just four students. Of course, there's also exercise equipment to consider. Online sales of fitness gear are soaring. Dumbbells, kettlebells and yoga mats are flying off the shelves. We found that in less than a week, we had 80 times as many searches for home fitness or related search terms. That's driven sales growth of almost 50% in one week. The top three sellers are weights, exercise bikes and rubber fitness bands. Being at home all day is a lot to get used to. For many of us, developing an exercise regime is a lifeline in the upheaval, alongside prioritizing a healthy diet and sleep. After all, protecting our health is what it's all about. As the country hunkers down at home, sales of frozen dumplings are through the roof. One dumpling shop owner in Taipei says she sold out of her stocks within six hours of Greater Taipei announcing a level three COVID alert. Now she's making two days worth of dumplings every day. Other customers have found many stores sold out. A dish of delectable dumplings hits the table. Dip them in soy sauce for a perfect bite. As the pandemic spreads, this comfort food is selling out. We met one lady on a long trek to hunt some down. Dumplings are really in demand now. It's almost impossible to buy them. This is the third store I visited and I could only get two bags. This dumpling restaurant is a two-person partnership. They're both making dumplings as fast as they can. Since COVID cases surged on Saturday, their freezer has been almost emptied of frozen dumplings. 
There's just a few dozen there right now, enough for six bags, all made by the chef that morning. Yeah, since the epidemic announcements came out, it's been mostly takeaway orders. All the frozen dumplings went straight away, too, in about five or six hours. With orders up, it's time to get stocks in. They used to use 30 caddies of chives a day. Now they need 60. This used to be what I needed for one day. Now I need to make two days' worth in one day. Delivery orders are soaring too. Earlier, one company ordered 80 boxes of frozen dumplings for employees. Meanwhile, in the restaurant, there's barely a whisper. Everyone who can be is at home. Taiwan baked in a heat wave on Thursday with a high of nearly 39 degrees recorded in Nanto. But forecasters say the high temperatures will break on Saturday as a plum rain front sweeps in and brings a chance of showers nationwide for the next five days. Summer is just around the bend and the weather is warming up. With the easing of the southwesterly winds, all of Taiwan sizzled in high temps on Wednesday. We're looking at high temperatures today and tomorrow, especially in Taipei, the East Rift Valley and Nanto. In southern Taiwan, highs will reach 38 degrees and above, and the rainfall that's coming won't be too widespread. We'll get some afternoon thunder showers concentrated in mountainous parts of the west coast. Some areas in the northeast will see brief localized thunderstorms. The baking heat is expected to stay till Saturday, lifting as a typical plum rain front takes hold of the island. It's set to have an effect for five days, bringing volatile weather that could include lightning, strong winds, sudden rain, and even hail. The weather will be extremely unstable, becoming prone to sudden strong downpours, particularly in the western half of the country and the northeast. There may even be some localized heavy rains or torrential rains. Other regions could see brief localized showers or thunderstorms. Storms. Taiwan is still in the grips of a drought, with reservoirs in the south at critical lows. Locals are looking to the upcoming weather front for reprieve.